You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 42 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode 7, as well as Star Wars Rebels and all the other new and exciting upcoming projects in the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always, I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. Summer movie season's over. I've seen all the movies I wanted to. And in my mind, that means we're just that one step closer to getting to, to episode seven. I think as we're recording this episode now, we're under 500 days. So 493. And I only know that because I happened to see someone I follow on Twitter post that earlier today. <laughs> in fact, it's a, a Twitter user who calls himself Depressed Darth. And he basically just like pretends to be Darth Vader and tweets out humorous posts from you know darth vader's point of view pretty funny um but so yeah depressed. all he does is look at the episode seven clock countdown clock <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> 491 <laughs> but he posts a lot of like star wars memes and stuff too so yeah we're just getting closer and closer to episode seven one more summer movie season to go and then boom we're gonna be smack in the middle of episode seven territory so we're yeah. almost there I mean, next thing you know, it will be watching The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. And then before you know it, it'll be Avengers Age of Ultron. And then the the episode seven countdown clock will be getting really, really short. And then during that time, too, probably while we're watching Avengers Age of Ultron, we'll be seeing an episode seven trailer, hopefully. <laughs> oh, heck yes. I just got a lot more excited for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how short or how long, but it's just going to be awesome to see that attached to it, if it is. Yeah. Well, and hopefully we get to see some stuff at uh, Celebration Anaheim even yeah. before that. But oh, yeah. anyway, before we get too carried away, just dreaming of when we're going to finally see Episode Seven stuff. <laughs> we're salivating um, too much right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's to make up for the fact that we don't have a whole lot of big Episode Seven news or rumors to talk about this week, but just kind of a lot of little things. Um, the biggest one being that uh, just, what was it, today? No, yesterday, uh, they announced the winner of the Star Wars Force for Change contest. Uh, this guy named DC Barnes from Denver, Colorado, um, is going to get to be in Star Wars Episode Seven, and uh, of course, J.J. Abrams uh, accompanied this with another uh, picture of a note that he tweeted out. And uh, this note card is being held in a cybernetic-looking hand that's been kind of sparking a lot of uh, you know controversy and speculation about you know is this Darth Vader's hand? Is it a droid hand? Is it Luke's hand? Um, I don't know, but uh, the note says, huge thanks to everyone who contributed to Star Wars Force for Change. Over $5 million were raised to help UNICEF Innovation Labs. We are all so grateful. DC Barnes, see you on set. And that's signed from JJ. 
Um, and I think the actual numbers, um, as far as the, the donations and everything, I think they said that the fans raised like $4.25 million or something like that. And then Disney uh, donated another million. So great to hear that they were able to raise that much money for charity through doing this cool Star Wars program. And um, unfortunately, neither of us won, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, pretty, still pretty cool that they offered uh, you know, just a chance for, for the fans to get to be in the movie. And of course, there were. Uh, they did promise some other cool prizes. Um, I know during the last couple of weeks of the campaign to try to get more people to to donate, they offered a few other prizes. So I don't know who ended up winning those, but they uh, you know offered up some pretty other cool prizes besides just the big one, obviously. Yeah, it was cool when this video first showed up on StarWars.com. StarWars.com was always the first page that comes up on my browser. That's my homepage. So I saw that on there. Like, ooh, they're going to announce the winner. Like, oh, so they're probably going to have J.J. Abrams or someone be on video, like, before I then announce the person's name. And then as I click it, it kind of already said the person's name on there. Like, ah, so I already didn't win. Darn it. (laughs) But so congrats to DC Bards for winning. I mean, can you imagine what he's feeling right now? (laughs) Be the chance to or not to have the chance he is going to be on the side of episode seven and just have that whole experience. So that's really cool. But then, like you said, the video, while it was cool to get the winner announced, we also got that photo from JJ Abrams in his note and that cool cybernetic hand. And of course, like you said, speculation ran rapid that day. Oh, what is that hand going to be? I think with the majority of people think, Oh, it's probably going to be Luke's. That's kind of the first thing I thought of too. It's probably Luke's hand. And it's just funny that it is that after all the rumors and stuff we were talking about on our last episode about the hand floating in space and following the Tatooine and all that stuff. It was just like it, the hand thing won't go away. Just Even though this is an official image, it's still adding to that whole theory and speculation stuff of that's going to be part of the plot of the movie. But regardless, it's still cool to see getting another little small sneak peek into episode seven. And I know I said last episode where I was kind of hoping – the each uh, force for change video would give us more sneak peeks into we got the X-wing, we got the creature on Tatooine. I was kind of hoping maybe we get a character in costume or we see the stormtrooper armor. We didn't get any of that, but we still got a little something. So it wasn't all <laughs> just just the announcement and no episode seven C T's or sneak peek. So it was the best of both, I would guess. But maybe we'll get another video saying like a thank you from JJ, even though we got this note, or they'll announce the winners who won that private screening contest I don't, who knows but regardless this is still getting that image was pretty cool and then again congrats to the winner for it because man it's going to be the, <laughs> the trip of a lifetime i can't even imagine what that's going to be he just looks so surprised even on that video so but yeah overall like you said a great cause and it was cool to be part of something to raise all what 4.26 million dollars is what it was so all in all it was a good a good event and good to see that someone won a star wars fan is going to be able to have a dream come true and be in an episode seven. So <laughs> pretty cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as far as the the image of this hand in the picture, I mean, I've heard one theory that, um, you know, this could just be JJ sort of stoking the fires of, you know, the rumor mill. Cause obviously he's probably aware of all the, yeah. the rumors that have gone on about the hand and everything. And so this could be him just sort of, you know, having some fun with it and, you know, just giving us something else to speculate about. See, I don't know. I don't know about the whole Luke idea because I mean, this looks more like, um, the, the prosthetic hand that Anakin has in revenge of the Sith. Um, when you see him like without the glove on, but Luke's, uh, prosthetic hand like had skin over it. Um, 
it could have could have got an upgrade and <laughs> maybe it's just maybe like that whole thing with he's in a battle and like it got the skin portion got torn up and this is he's gonna maybe even be in a fight sequence or some scene whatever where his robotic hand is showing but who knows i mean it could, could be. be it could be anything really but the other thing i mean the the actually the first thing that i thought of when i saw this or at least the thing from star wars that i can think of that this looks that this resembles the the closest to is c3po yeah. from the phantom menace before he's That's got all the covering on yeah um and so i thought you know has does c3po get blown up and this is his you know damaged hand out here or could it be another droid or you know it could be a a different cyborg person um so yeah i don't know i mean could like we said could be luke's hand too but that's not uh i don't know that wouldn't be the one that i would bet on but should be interesting to see if this is actually ends up being something from the movie or if it's uh you know maybe they jj just found an old c3po hand prop lying around at lucasfilm and was like hey let's use this yeah it could be something as simple as that <laughs> it's just cool that he mentioned the person's name in there too the dc barnes is like i wonder if there's any people who's good at photoshop or so disappointed they didn't win they'd take that out and put their names on there <laughs> like, <laughs> tim jirasi see you on set <laughs> that makes me feel better even though i didn't win <laughs> um yeah i wouldn't do that <laughs> but no yeah there's also that uh, the, the, you can't really see it too much, but just the background, I guess, where that photo was taken. It kind of looks like some rocky terrain that they're on. It doesn't seem like they're on just in a like sound stage or anything like that, where they took the the image. And again, you just can't help but get your mind start thinking, oh, is this something where they shot on that um, that Ireland island? Uh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but we're talking about our last episode. Or they shot there for like a few days where Mark Hamill was there and Daisy Ridley was there. Is that something from there? Is that Luke's hand <laughs> because they're on that location there? I don't know. It's going to be way blown out of proportion what I'm thinking, but you just can't help it when you see stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I'm thinking if that happened to be, you know, it could be from that island, but like if that's where they happened to be when they were filming at the time and you know that's where jj took this picture from then you know obviously that was like the backdrop that he had to work with it doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know that hand is from a scene in the movie on that set or something like that and the other thing too just because it doesn't look like a soundstage those rocks could be part of a set that they built on a soundstage so i don't know i'm not really trying to gain any information from the background i mean obviously i looked at it to see like can you really tell anything about where they're filming no not really yeah, again, it's always me. You just can't help it, <laughs> even though it probably means nothing. <laughs> reading too much into it, just you just can't help those thoughts pop into your head automatically. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is one of those other fun things that it'll be uh, fun to look back on when we actually finally see the movie and see you know how many of the early rumors and stuff were true, you know, the casting rumors and the story rumors and stuff like that, see which ones were true and which ones weren't. And we'll see, you know, if this hand pops up in the movie, we'll be like, Oh, that's the thing that JJ tweeted the picture from and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So Um, we got from the soul force for change thing. We got the set video from Tatooine. We got that new alien creature walking by. We got our look at the X-wing, a rebel pilot, a mouse droid, and now a robotic hand. And also, too, even though it wasn't part of the Force for Change, we did get that image of the Dejeric cable from J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget about that one. Yeah, so those are the four official things we've got so far. Yeah, 
And then, um, well, it's funny because you mentioned the Dejeric table on the inside of the Millennium Falcon, and we've got a couple more leaked set photos of that. Um, of course, this isn't like a huge gallery of like 20 or 40 pictures this time. We've just got four new images um, from, um, I don't even know, where did these originate from? These originate from uh, episode StarWars7News.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that's the link we have right here that I'm open on. I don't know if they were the first ones that got them or whatever. But um, yeah, so there's three images of the interior of the Millennium Falcon, um, two of them sort of looking out the front window of the cockpit. And you can see, you know, the green screen and the soundstage and everything beyond that. And then one is um, just sort of as you're going into the cockpit. And it's like the, you know, that little entryway leading in there. Um, and then the fourth image is, I don't think it's part of the Millennium Falcon. It looks like a hallway to a, a starship or an Imperial base or something like that. I've heard a lot of people speculating that, you know, it's probably a hallway or a corridor or something of a Star Destroyer. Um, which certainly could be possible. I don't know if you thought of this, but the thing that it actually reminds me the most of is the hallway from, like the hallways from General Grievous' yep. flagship at the beginning of Revenge same, of the Sith. Same thing. Um, yep. And so I don't know if they just tried to make something reminiscent of that design for a new ship or if, you know, somehow a, a derelict Separatist battle cruiser is going to play into the story somehow. Um, I don't know. We'll have to. Again, wait and see how this pans out, and it should be pretty interesting to see what this ends up being in the movie. But obviously, it's really cool to see all these, you know, actual physical sets that they've built. And uh, you can even see in one of the shots of the Millennium Falcon, it looks like a whole bunch of buttons and stuff on the control panel are lighting up. Um, and just, you know, the detail on the walls of this hallway and everything all looks really cool. Yeah, the Falcon stuff was cool. But like you were saying about that image of the corridor. I thought the same thing where it was like the invisible hand where Anakin and Obi-Wan were trying to get into the elevator and this being chased by destroyer droids. And this got me thinking, it looks a little similar. I hope it's not something where someone put that image in there that's actually from episode three and they <laughs> got it mixed up with something. But yeah, I don't know. I thought the same thing like you did. But yeah, can't help but get excited seeing those interior Falcon shots. Just the inside of it, it looks really cool. And it's like, um, <laughs> thinking, oh, where's the shot of the door that hurt Harrison Ford. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool stuff to look at, even though it's it's leaked and it's kind of like the same thing, not as much as the Abu Dhabi set pictures, but still cool nonetheless and more <laughs> images to get you hyped up as you're looking at it. Just seeing these classic images, new images of these classic stuff from Star Wars that we all know and love is just cool to see again. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always get excited looking at this stuff, but I also can't help but imagine how excited the actors must be just like, you know, walking onto this, yeah. you know, onto these sets for the first time. And especially, I always think back to Mark Hamill, who did a bunch of interviews, like before he, it was even announced that he was cast in episode seven. But, you know, every time people would interview him about the new movies and, you know, what does he want to see in them and stuff. Um, I think of all the original cast members, he was the one that was most vocal about, you know, I want to see a, a more you know, a, a bigger balance between like the practical effects and the CGI and have it not be as CG and digital effects heavy as the prequels were and, you know, have more physical props and sets and puppets and all that kind of thing. And so just looking at these pictures, I'm imagining like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford walking onto this set and going like, man, like it's our ship again, like just like it was in the original trilogy. So, I mean, that's really cool. And then of course you can see how, 
Kevin Smith being a huge Star Wars fan would like get choked up walking yeah, onto this because yeah. <laughs> I mean it's so detailed and so cool to look at and just it's like it doesn't look like a, a set on a soundstage it doesn't look like a a fake movie prop spaceship it looks like the Millennium freaking Falcon so what if he was um, allowed to sit in like the cockpit chairs and all that stuff because <laughs> that'd make it feel even cooler man <laughs> sitting in the yeah spot oh man. <laughs> Or just like, no, you can look, but don't touch it. Don't sit anywhere. Because, <laughs> man, that's got to be an awesome feeling. Like you said, I was thinking the same thing about Kevin Smith. Was, for any fan, even just a big fan of Star Wars fan, how can you not get chills or, like, in Kevin Smith's case, choked up and teary-eyed when you step onto this iconic ship that you just love so much? <laughs> it's got to be an awesome feeling. But you made a good point, too, about the actors, especially Mark Hamill, because you know he loves all this stuff. It's got to be a real thrill for him. And I just hope... When we eventually get these DVD documentaries or special feature stuff, they capture all that stuff. When you see the actors returning to familiar set pieces or familiar locations, you get them, you get their reactions and hear their thoughts on it. So I can't wait to see that stuff too once we get the Blu-ray and DVD releases. Should be yeah, really and I'm sure that that stuff will be on there. And if it's not, I'll be disappointed too. Yeah. I mean, that would be really cool to see. I mean, we've even got another article here. Um, this was the next thing I was going to bring up anyways, but... Um, this is an article with uh, makingstarwars.net, and uh, they're summarizing you know, a panel that uh, Peter Comic or Peter Mayhew did at Wizard World San Antonio Comic Con, and he's talking about doing the new Star Wars and talking about how um, he thinks Episode Seven is going to be the best Star Wars film of the saga yet. Um, and you know, they're talking about the again the more reliance on physical sets and props and stuff and less digital effects and all that. But he also talks about um, being, you know, reunited with the original cast for the first time. And uh, there's a snippet here in the article where it says, as for behind the scenes tidbits, Mayhew revealed that the day this table read photo, the day the table read photo was taken, he had previously seen many of his former co-stars like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, but it was the first time in, first time in a while he had met with Harrison Ford. And Mayhew said the actor nearly throttled him with a hug. Um, and so again, yeah, it's just cool to, to hear those kind of behind the scenes stories of the actors getting back together and how they're all really excited to be involved in Star Wars again. And especially because, yeah, again, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but how Harrison Ford was kind of the one guy that everybody was thinking like, you know, it might kind of be tough for them to convince him to be, uh, to come back and be in the movie because he's kind of the one actor that has a reputation of like not wanting to really be associated with star Wars all that much anymore. And so the fact that he's not only coming back to do the movie, but he's, you know, bear hugging Peter Mayhew to death. Like when he sees him again for the first time, it's like, okay, he's not just agreeing to come back and do it for the money. It seems like he's really excited to come back and be a part of it too. So, um, yeah, just <laughs> great to hear all these stories. And I wonder when I read that about Peter Mayhew, uh, seeing everyone again and Harrison Ford being the one he hasn't seen in a long time. Uh, the last time I remember them being together, maybe I might be wrong, but it could have been four years ago when they had that special 30th anniversary screening of the empire strikes back in Hollywood, where they were both there. Mm-hmm. I know even then that was kind of like, it's been a while since they saw each other. So if anything, it was probably four years since they've seen each other. And they're just cool. Like you said, that they had that reaction when they saw each other again, Harrison Ford giving them that big hug. And I was just thinking this too, how we were talking about the special features, that whole table read uh, image that we got, that's becoming such a classic, iconic image almost already in the short time that it was revealed. And I'm just wondering how cool would it be if there was a documentary or special features for they filmed that whole table read and 
they put that on there. We could just see that whole table read all together the first time of coming to seeing each other again, then reading the new script for a Star Wars movie together for the first time. Like, how cool would that be? I, mean, I could sit through two hours or who knows how long it would take. A, it took them to read that script for the very first time. Like, how cool would that be seeing that? Yeah, like, that would be pretty sweet. I'm planning all these DVDs, Blu-ray special We've <laughs> not even out yet. Well, you know, I'm sure someone probably filmed you know, if not all of that, then at least part of it. Um, I don't know that they would ever release a special feature of just the entire table read. Because yeah. as cool as yeah. that would be for us, I mean, for general audiences, I don't know how many people are actually going to sit there and watch that whole two-hour thing on the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. But I'm sure if somebody did film that, then we'll at least get, you know, some clips and some snippets of it thrown into like a behind-the-scenes making you know, making of documentary type thing. Um yeah, if they make it like that episode one DVD documentary, the beginning, that'd be awesome. That's still today my favorite Star Wars special feature on any DVD set. That thing was really cool. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's interesting, of course, with that uh, that first table read, they didn't even have uh, Lupita Nyong'o or Gwendolyn yeah. Christie yet or um, you know some of the other actors that they've cast since then. But um, yeah, still, I mean, it would be cool to see just maybe them reading like the first scene of the movie or, you know, maybe one of the more iconic scenes or more cool scenes or something like once we've seen the movie and actually know what the scenes are. Um, yeah. I'd love to see at least part of that. Yeah. Put that on your to-do list, Lucasfilm already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll edit it for you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. And then another, uh, sort of small episode seven related thing. We've got a new picture that surfaced on the internet today of, uh, Mark Hamill standing outside Pinewood studios, um, right under the big sign that just says seven in the big hollow, yellow, hollow, yellow star Wars letters. I'll say that five times fast, <laughs> um, <laughs> where it says seven now filming. Um, and it's got Mark Hamill standing under it with his arms crossed and he's got a little stuffed animal or action figure or something with him, but, um, he's not in costume, just wearing like a black t-shirt, but still sporting the, uh, the Obi-Wan beard. So, um, again, still, uh, waiting to see how all these guys actually look in their costumes in the movie, but, um, yeah, we're making progress. We've seen yeah. Mark Hamill wandering around like a Star Wars weekend. And uh, other uh, interviews that he did, he was at the premiere for Guardians of the Galaxy. Then now, which was to... an awesome movie, by the way. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, we, we, we don't have to get a whole lot into that, but just you know, <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars, so I think we could take a couple minutes to talk about another awesome sci-fi movie. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy if you haven't already. Yeah, see it twice if you've seen it once already. <laughs> yep, I've seen it twice. Probably gonna go see it a third time sometime in the next couple weeks. Yeah. I still gotta make it. I want to see it in the IMAX 3D. <laughs> oh man, that was so awesome. Yeah, because like I said on the last episode, that 15-minute preview we got a few months ago, yeah, it sold me on. I have to go see that again. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in IMAX 3D the opening night and then saw it the following week in 2D. Yeah, it's like one of those movies where after you walk out of it, it's like, man, I want to go see that again already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I had already made plans to go see it with a friend of mine on like the Tuesday after it came out because the like the local theater near us, they have – uh, like a special on Tuesdays where they have the matinee price for the movies all day on Tuesdays. Um, so you can go see it for like five twenty-five. Um, and he didn't want to go to the, this other theater and see it with us on the opening night and pay like 15 bucks for the IMAX 3d tickets. So, um, I told him, you know, if I like it, then I'll go see it again with you on Tuesday. And like the minute I got out of the theater, I'm like, okay, let it be Tuesday already. I want to go see this. Again. <laughs> Do you want to see it earlier? <laughs> 
I know it's like uh, I heard. I mean, that's only obvious. It's gonna it's gonna compare to Star Wars a lot, but I just don't like hearing that comparison too much with anything, no matter how good something is. Because Star Wars is its own thing, and it's just like nothing can touch it. And it's both different too. I mean, I could get it where. It's just, it's of course it's sci-fi. You had great characters in both, but I just kind of wish let's keep the Star Wars comparison down to a minimum because <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's Star Wars for a new generation. It was like no, nah, Star Wars is for every generation. It doesn't need a new movie to be like the new Star Wars for a generation. It's just another very cool sci-fi movie with great characters and all. Yeah, that. it's like Guardians of the Galaxy is Star Wars for a new generation. No, I'm pretty sure Episode Seven is going to be Star yeah. Wars for a new <laughs> exactly. generation. Um, and yeah, I haven't even heard a whole lot of just sort of like general comparisons to Star Wars, but I mean, the most sort of direct one that I keep hearing all the time is people keep comparing the main character, Star-Lord. They're like, oh, he's like a Han Solo type smuggler rogue kind of guy. Um, and even that, I'm like, if you're not a big fan of sci-fi and don't really get into the characters all that much and stuff, it's like, yeah, that's sort of the closest thing you could compare them to. But even those two are totally different characters. And I actually um, think the... Rocket and group comparison to Han and Chewie is a lot more accurate. Yeah, yeah, I would actually, I, I would agree with that. But uh, yeah, because I mean, Star Lord is way more sort of crass and satirical and all that kind of stuff than Han was. I mean, yeah, they're both sort of lone rogue smugglers, but Han Solo would never challenge anybody to a dance off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We haven't seen episode seven yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely don't think 70-year-old Han Solo is going to challenge anybody to a dance-off. Especially now with his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, like you said, go see it if you haven't. If you see it only once, go see it again if you really liked it. It was really cool. So I, it took me two viewings, but I kind of had a feeling it would that it's so far my favorite movie of, of the year. I mean, still got The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies to see, but right now I think Guardian is going to be my favorite movie of the year. Still don't know where I'd rank it as far as best Marvel movie. It's probably definitely in my top three. It's still like kind of going back and forth between Winter Soldier and Avengers. <laughs> well, I probably passes Winter Soldier because I just said it's my favorite movie of the year and Winter Soldier came out this year. So <laughs> yeah. it's between that and the Avengers. I am Groot. <laughs> That's the perfect way to <laughs> describe <laughs> how we feel about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and then um, just one last episode seven related thing. Uh, we've actually had uh, at least a couple of rumors going around in the past couple weeks about different looks for stormtroopers that we might see in episode seven. Um, and this most recent one, and I think the most cre- most credible one, um, is that Tom Hodges, who's like an official Star Wars artist, and he's done a lot of like the sketch cards and art prints and all that kind of stuff. Um, he, uh, sent out a picture on like Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Apparently he got to see the designs of the new stormtrooper helmets for episode seven and, uh, you know, did a a sketch of one of them and, you know, released it online. And so we could, uh, see just from this image, kind of get an idea of how the helmets looked and there's kind of been some mixed reaction to it. In fact, I think he's taken the pictures down now because he said he got like too much negative criticism from people. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the look of it and I can see some of the stuff that people are complaining about, but I've also heard him responding to some of the criticism by saying that he, he didn't like have the prop helmet right there in front of him as he was drawing it. It's like he saw it and then later he was kind of drawing it from memory. And so to, to people who were criticizing the drawings and saying they didn't like the way it looked, he was saying like, trust me, you'll like the way it looks when you see it in the movie. This isn't like completely accurate. So, um, 
Yeah. Hopefully he's right. Hopefully these do end up looking really cool in the movie. But I mean, just from the design, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, not perfect necessarily. And I think the, the problem that a lot of people have with it, it definitely looks, you know, it looks a lot smoother and sleeker and uh, kind of more futuristic looking, I guess, than the original Stormtrooper helmets. But in the drawing, sort of the front of it, sort of the nose, I guess you could say, um, looks kind of flat and rounded and drawn out almost like a duck bill or something like that. Um, and you know, some people have been criticizing that and that's one of the areas where I'm like, well, I'll just trust what he says that it looks better on the actual thing that it does in the drawing. But I mean, overall, I kind of just like the sleeker design of it and the look of the visor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's going to have to take something very radical and so different for me to not really like it. Cause it's real hard to mess up a stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> I mean, if you do little tweaks like this, I don't think it's going to ruin it or make it look horrible because yeah, I've heard some negative reaction to it too. Even actually on our Twitter feed, once we posted a link to the pictures, it kind of got some negative responses <laughs> from uh, some of our followers. So I guess it's going to compare it to a, like you said, like a duck bill shape. It's going to like called the duck trooper or something like that. <laughs> but, um, I love how it's the visor and just the lenses on the helmet looks like this one, one singular visor, which has been described in several rumors. So I'm liking that. And it looks like that is going to be, no matter what the final design is, that's going to be there. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really judge it based on the sketch. Like you said, Tom Hodges is doing it from his memory. He doesn't have the actual helmet right in front of him. So I think when it's all said and done and we see that first image of the new Stormtrooper, it's going to look pretty cool. We'll see where it stands up with clone troopers and the original trilogy stormtrooper costumes but i think it's probably going to be just another cool helmet design that uh members of the 501st will be wearing a lot and able to make costumes out of so i just really want to see it i just can't wait that's one of the things i'm really looking forward to seeing first when it gets revealed the new stormtrooper helmets because uh, i think it's going to look cool i just can't wait to add another cool design to a, a long list of already cool trooper designs so <laughs> it was cool that tom hodges did this and it was unfortunate that i got such negative feedback from fans and just like pretty much uh, killing the messenger as it were where it's not he didn't design the costume or he wasn't him who had any decisions at all he just thought he'd share it with the fans which was cool but then it got like it got taken down or he didn't want to hear any more for it so that's a shame but still cool of him to do that to give us a small idea of what it could be yeah so uh, yeah again we'll see how this compares to the actual look of them in the movie but i mean like you said i'm excited for it um, and just to see the the new looks of the stormtroopers and all the other costumes and all that kind of stuff should be uh, pretty great when we do finally get to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all the Episode 7 stuff for this week. Like I said, no big announcements, no uh, juicy plot rumors or floating hands or anything like that to spend a lot of time talking about. But yeah, anything about severed feet, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'll be the next rumor. Yeah, <laughs> be a foot flies across the screen, clutching a blaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like General Grievous's foot, or like in the Gendy uh, micro series, <laughs> yeah. where, where he's fighting the lightsaber with his foot. <laughs> and then it'll be Jango Fett's helmet, and then I don't know what else gets severed. Oh, uh, Ponda Baba's arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Wampa's arm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh man, it's gonna be a museum of severed body parts from the Star Wars saga. <laughs> yeah, a museum floating in space. Yeah, after the opening crawl, that's gonna be like a new character, kind of like how the Collector was in Guardians of the Galaxy. We have a Collector, separate <laughs> <that> limbs. <laughs> yep, and I mean we know there there are enough 
in the saga that you probably could fill a museum with them. <laughs> There's a spinoff movie right there. <laughs> or at least a robot chicken special. Yeah, <laughs> probably that. But uh, yeah, just a, a couple other miscellaneous tidbits. Um, this got a lot of people talking. There was an article over at Variety a few days ago. Um, and they're talking about the new plans that Disney has for all their Star Wars-related theme park attractions. Uh, we recently heard that they're shutting down the Indiana Jones stunt show and their American Idol show that they have at Disney World, which, I mean, if you've been to Disney World, you know those are kind of in the same corner of uh, Hollywood Studios where uh, Star Tours is. So they're going to shut down those and move them out of the way and have more room to sort of expand that Star Wars section. Um, but this was just sort of a big announcement from Disney saying that they're going to reveal their plans for the Star Wars attractions next year. So it's like this big, you know, highly publicized announcement that they're going to make an announcement later. <laughs> the good old announcements for the announcement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a teaser trailer for a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Except you know this gives us even less information than the teaser trailer. Yeah, because <laughs> it's something we pretty much probably figured and knew already, but at least now we know we can when we can expect to hear that announcement. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it'll be at Celebration Anaheim or their D23 Expo next year. Who knows? But Yeah, I'm sure year. it'll be one of the two. Yeah. I just um, wish it, it would have been cool if like, we were talking about last year when Celebration Anaheim got announced, how cool would it be to go to Celebration Anaheim and then go to Disneyland and go on the new Star Wars rides and attractions. But I don't think they're going to be able to make those new attractions in less than a year's time. So Yeah, so unfortunately not. But, then but again, maybe I mean, Celebration 8? Yeah, hopefully it better be by then, I would think. <laughs> but even though I've only been on Star Tours once, so I still got to go back and experience all the different planets we go to on that. So I'll definitely have that to keep me busy when we go to Celebration Anaheim. And look oh, forward yeah, to I'm to definitely looking forward to going on that again. Because we went at Disney World for Celebration 6, and I think we rode that like three times the night that we went. Yeah, it's like I'm not leaving until I experience all the different planets and scenarios. <laughs> I don't well, care you could be in line for a while. I mean, I went on it three times, and I still haven't experienced all of them. <laughs> um, I mean, from people I've talked to and from the – the ones that I know of that I've heard from people, I think there are still at least one or two that I haven't been on. Because I know nice. like there's a Geonosis one and there's a Death Star one and then there's one with like Boba Fett and an asteroid field or something, but one or two of those might be combined into the same one. I don't remember, but I know there's at least one or two that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, it'd be nice to be the rebel spy on one of the times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd make a bad rebel spy. I'm six foot eight. I'd stand out. Yeah, <laughs> don't even get your face. It's like your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the picture would chop the top of my head off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no stranger to that. Um, but yeah, so there's that thing about the Disney parks. Also, um, this was just sort of a real brief thing and not even like an official announcement or anything. But uh, Kevin Kiner, who does the or you know did the music for Star Wars: The Clone Wars and is now the composer on Star Wars Rebels, um, was doing an interview on the Everything Geek podcast, and you know they were talking about a lot of stuff with Clone Wars and Rebels, and he just happened to briefly mention we're compiling a CD of Clone Wars seasons one through six. So 
I know that's something that got a lot of people excited because, um, I mean, if you remember a while ago, this was maybe like a few months or a year ago or something, he released a whole bunch of music from the Clone Wars on his website. And obviously people have been wanting a Clone Wars soundtrack release for years now, you know, pretty much ever since the series started. And when he released all that music on his website, I know me and, uh, you know, quite a few other people probably thought, oh, well, that's the best we're going to get. Um, and at least we got something, you know, we can listen to this music and, uh, you know, at least we've, we've got some sort of soundtrack release. But the fact that, um, you know, he just sort of mentions here that they are still working on, uh, you know, collecting a whole, I don't know if it'll be one CD or a whole CD set or if it'll just be a digital release or whatever. But um, the fact that we're going to get some sort of, you know, official album release of a Clone Wars soundtrack is hugely exciting, but he didn't reveal any other details of, you know, how many discs will it be, how many tracks, you know, when can we expect it. He just says we're working on, or he says we're just compiling a CD of Clone Wars Seasons 1 through 6. So pretty much all we know is that there will be a soundtrack release and that it'll include music from all six seasons. But, I mean, that right there is enough to get me excited, and now I'm just waiting until we hear more details on it. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping, too, because how the format is, because, um, some of the soundtracks I have for uh, the Batman the Animated Series is that released a few years ago. I just love how the format is, is where they pretty much just pick a few episodes from the series and just have the music from those entire episodes on the CDs. So I'm kind of hoping that's what this is. Pick some of the best episodes that had uh, the music that I guess Kevin Kinder felt was the best and then have all of it in there instead of separate tracks from taking from different episodes and different arcs and all that. I'd kind of have it where it's you're experiencing kind of like a movie soundtrack is where you have it all the music from a whole arc or for a whole episode. So again, we didn't get that information. Just like you said, it's just going to be on the CD and it will be the seasons one through six. So, but that's kind of what I'm hoping for. We'll see if that's what it will be, but we'll find out soon, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'd almost hope for the opposite, like just a lot of the, the themes and stuff, because I and mean, with the music that he released on, um, you know, on his website, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in there. He pretty much did release all the music for the Ahsoka arc from the end of, season five um so you can listen to that whole group of tracks and you know it almost is like watching the last couple episodes but um i mean as much great music as there is in there there are still some themes and you know some music from some really cool moments of the show that i would think would be you know some of the first ones you would pick to put on a soundtrack and they weren't on there so i'm like i'm hoping they include some more of that kind of stuff um, and of course, you know, with Star Wars soundtracks, everybody likes hearing the main themes and the duel of the fates and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I guess I'd be okay with it either way, but you know, I, I guess I'd rather have just like the themes and the separate tracks. Cause then you could pick more music from throughout the whole series rather than, you know, just a few episodes or something. But, um, I mean, either way, obviously something that, uh, us and a lot of Clone Wars fans are going to be excited about when it comes out. So can't wait to hear more about that. And then, um, this is the section where we get into all the Star Wars Rebels stuff that has come out over the past couple of weeks, but um, this is sort of uh, a little bit unrelated, I guess, but uh, Dave Filoni has been confirmed as the first uh, official guest to be appearing at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, uh, to the great surprise of no one at all, <laughs> but it still is uh, you know pretty exciting to know. I mean, Dave is you know one of those guys that uh, I think has a really good reputation among the fans for being someone that cares about you know rep or reaching out to the fans and being at all these panels to answer our questions and promote the shows and um just sort of as a really good ambassador for star wars so 
I think if you had to ask me like who I would guess to be the first, um, you know, the first guest for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim before even guessing, you know, J.J. Abrams or Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford or George Lucas or anybody like that. I mean, those are all people I would love to see there and I'm hoping show up, but I'm like, Dave Filoni is the safe bet. Like if nobody else, if no other Star Wars celebrity guests came to Celebration Anaheim, Dave Filoni would still go. Yeah. So, um, they probably made this post without actually confirming it with him. Just, just, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, guys, I don't even know if I'm going yet, but I guess I am now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, not surprising at all, but still, uh, great to hear. And, also exciting that they're now starting to announce official guests, so hopefully it won't be too long before we start hearing some more names and some more announcements about um, some different panels and that sort of thing that we'll get to see at the convention. So uh, that should be a pretty exciting time next year. And yeah, I'm guessing early 2015 is when we'll probably hear the big, big stuff like J.J. Abrams and, oh man, imagine if Harrison Ford goes. <laughs> I'm sure they're working on that to get all three of them back for this celebration. Man, that'd be epic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heck, if he could get him to do the movie, maybe exactly. they can get him to do a convention. I mean, a couple of years ago, he, he went to his first San Diego Comic-Con, so. Yeah, what I'm hoping for is like the ultimate panel where you got them three, George Lucas and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy, like all six of them there talking about episode seven and like the future of Star Wars, the past of Star Wars, just one oh man i can't even imagine how cool that would be just one big epic conversation about star wars and then cap it off with the first look at some footage for episode seven man <laughs> i i think you'd be able to feel the force in the room yeah <laughs> <laughs> like oh and you know what just for the heck that put dave filoni on stage with him yeah <laughs> you know maybe just for a little bit to talk about rebels or something like that and and you will literally see midi chlorians appear out of there <laughs> Oh man, I, I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Just can't wait. I just hopefully it won't be something where you have to spend several nights camping out <laughs> to get in there. Because if all all those people are going to be in one panel, geez, it's going to be without question the highlight and just the most anticipated thing to look forward to at Celebration Anaheim. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we might actually have to to camp in line for that if they do something like that. I know at Celebration Six. We didn't have to camp in line for anything. Um, I mean, we, we waited in some long lines for like a couple hours or so. But I think probably the longest line we waited in was for Mark Hamill's panel. And, um, well, I mean, that one wasn't – we didn't wait in line for a long time for that one. I think that might have actually been right after we got to see the season five premiere of Clone Wars. And we came out of that panel and – um, you know, there had been a separate line for Mark Hamill's panel and they had already gone in. And at first they told us that the panel was going to be completely full and we were sort of like in an overflow line of people waiting to get in. But it turns out there was more space in the room than they thought there was. And so we were like way up in the back, but we still got to see Mark Hamill there, um, you know, at his panel. But I remember um, Mike telling me that back at Celebration 5, which I didn't get to go to, they had an, a you know a panel with George Lucas there. And, um, yeah, that one, he said, like, people were camped out in line for overnight. And George Lucas was at Celebration 6 as well, but there wasn't – he wasn't, like, a scheduled official guest. Yeah. He sort of just decided, like, hey, it's a Star Wars convention. I'm just going to show up. And, you know, he popped in for, like, the last five or ten minutes of the Clone Wars panel um, and kind of – like, Dave brought him up on stage as a surprise guest. But there was no, like, big official George Lucas on stage interview kind of thing. And that's the thing that at Celebration 5 people were all came down for. So, yeah, if it is, like, a big scheduled event and they say, 
you know, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher are all going to be on stage together. And especially, like you were saying, if they get George Lucas and J.J. Abrams and everybody with them, um, and they announce that all ahead of time, then, yeah, we might have to bring our sleeping bags. But you know what? I get the feeling that might be worth it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or we could just uh, get someone... Uh, some passes to the convention and just have them stay online for us while we go experience all the other cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we someone just... who has no interest in Star Wars or whatever, just looking for something to do. <laughs> you can just sit here for the whole night. <laughs> or we could just, you know, sit there and record a, a live podcast the whole time while we're in line. There you go, yeah. <laughs> just talking to all the different people online. It'll be like an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, so Dave Filoni's going to be there, and then... Um, there's been over the past week or two, a whole bunch of new star Wars rebels content. Um, even after the stuff, the, the trailers and the clips and everything that we got at, uh, San Diego comic-con, um, we've got a seven minute sneak peek of star Wars rebels, which is basically the first seven minutes or so of the first episode, which of course, Tim has already seen the whole thing of, but for the rest of us, it was pretty cool to get to see, um, just the beginning of the episode as they introduce, um, all the new characters and everything. And, um, you know, it's sort of like from Ezra's perspective as he's watching uh, Kanan and Zeb and Sabine um, try to, you know, interrupt this Imperial operation and steal some of their valuable cargo. And then Ezra jumps in on it and he tries to steal the stuff. And then you've got um, Kanan and Zeb chasing Ezra through these city streets on Lothal on speeder bikes trying to get their cargo back that he stole from them that they stole from the empire all the while running over and shooting stormtroopers and uh you know it seems really cool i like the the way they're setting the story up i like the animation i like the um the sort of classic star wars feel to it i mean i could see what you were talking about after the premiere where just some of the sound effects and the yeah. images of you know stormtroopers and tie fighters and just, i mean the sound of that tie fighter flying overhead and some of the you know the laser cannons on the speeder bikes and all that kind of stuff it's just uh you know fits right into the star wars universe and seems like it's going to be a really cool show so that was exciting to see yeah it was cool to see it again even though I got to see it at the premiere, it just, just reminded you how cool it was. And then I'm just also glad, too, that it's getting a real positive reaction from the people who were excited already for the show and just kind of reaffirming to them that, man, this is going to be really cool. But then I've also seen some tweets from people saying, no, I wasn't too sure about this, but this sold me on it. Like, I can't wait for it now. So, like, it's doing its job on both ends, getting the people who were kind of on the fence about it, but then getting those who are already excited is more pumped up for it for what it does premiere. But yeah, I just thought it was a cool way to start the episode. Just typical Star Wars faction with a cool action sequence that uh, just jumps, puts you right in there and jumps right into the action. It was just really cool. I just love the speeder bike chase and then the interaction they had with the stormtroopers, even though they <laughs> couldn't hit them for nothing, even though actually one of the speeder bikes, uh, did shoot a little bit of the cargo, so they had that going for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, they hit Ezra's, like, the side of Ezra's speeder. Um, yeah. <laughs> the TIE fighter didn't miss. They did shoot the speeder bike. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of hard to miss a speeder bike sitting still in the middle of the highway when you're flying overhead with a ship with giant lasers. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they could have tried to aim for Kanan in that point, but they had to shoot something, so at least they did. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm trying not to go off on a tangent here. You know what? What the heck? I'll go on a random tangent anyways. You see that? I mean, you, you see that TIE fighter flying in from the air and it shoots the lasers, blows up the whole freaking speeder bike. Mm -hmm. So how come when Darth Vader shoots R2-D2, 
R2 doesn't get obliterated. <laughs> because he has the thickest plot armor in the history of movie making. Or maybe Darth Vader had some special blaster adjustment on his tie, uh, <laughs> special tie and fighter advance where he didn't want to kill, destroy R2 because he knows the history they had. And he just thought, uh, hit him, adjust the settings a little bit here. <laughs> Don't have a full power and just give him a little uh, damage on there. Right, because he totally <laughs> knew that was R2-D2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he was trying to blow up Luke because he didn't know that Luke was his son yet. He's shooting at him with the same lasers that he's been using to incinerate Y-Wings the whole battle and then suddenly he hits R2 and just some sparks fly out of his dome and they put him back together later and Humpty Dumpty has a happy ending. <laughs> he just knew there was something special about it. <laughs> yeah, so there's my explanation to that. So I hope that helps you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, not really, but it's not something that needs to be helped anyways. The simple answer is they didn't want to kill off R2-D2. <laughs> Or Luke, or had some type of force uh, feel around R2 with using the force, even though he didn't even know it. <laughs> Man, I'm going way out there for reasoning about that now. <laughs> yep. Um, well, speaking of astromech droids in space battles, uh, the next Star Wars Rebels clip we got is this three-minute short um, called The Machine and the Ghost. And, you know, I had actually forgotten about this, but they did say that they were going to release, like, a series of four sort of mini shorts uh, leading up to the premiere of the actual series. And that yeah, it was just going to sort of introduce the characters and set up the story and everything. Um, so this is the first one of these that just came out yesterday. And they said they're going to be releasing one online each week, uh, every Monday for the next three weeks. Um, so there's going to be four of them in total. And this first one called the machine and the ghost uh, just focuses on Hera and Kanan and Chopper, um, they're in the ghost, they're outrunning some TIE fighters, and there's just sort of some banter back and forth between Hera and Kanan as uh, Hera is trying to pilot the ship, and ha uh, Kanan's up in the gun turret of the ghost, you know, trying to shoot down the TIE fighters. Um, and then they both are sort of sending Chopper back and forth, and Hera's like, go back there and fix the comms and tell Kanan to hit something. And then Chopper goes to the back of the ship, and Kanan's like, don't worry about the comms. I don't want to talk to Hera right now. Go back up to the front of the ship and fix the shields and tell Hera to fly better. And, <laughs> you know, Chopper's just getting grumpy and running back and forth between the two. So, I mean, lots of fun banter there, some cool action scenes. And the thing's only like three minutes long, but you can definitely see the influence of the original Star Wars trilogy in there. Um, there are some shots in this this battle that look... I mean, they, they basically took them right out of A New Hope and the scene where the Falcon is escaping the Death Star and they're uh, fighting off the TIE fighters. Um, so, you know, obviously that's the, the look and feel and the tone that they were going for. And there's some shots that are very reminiscent of that. Um, and then, of course, you know, the music and the sound effects and everything... Um, again, just has that, that classic Star Wars feel to it. And, uh, you know, that, and then the witty banter between the characters and, uh, I mean, Chopper seems like he's going to be pretty fun, uh, character as well. So, um, overall this was, you know, another, another good look at the show and just something else that's getting, uh, I know is getting me more excited for it. Yeah. I love this clip. I mean, going back to what you said, we've heard about this, these four shorts a long time ago, we got that supposed schedule list for 2014 and now it's finally here. And this is the first one that we've got. And yeah, like all the stuff you mentioned, it's really cool to see the banter that the Kanan and Hera had was really good. The action sequence and like the music was really cool. We heard the classic uh, 
seeing one of the TIE fighters attack the Falcon and a new hope. It was just cool how you're seeing all that put together in this series. And just kind of what I talked about when I saw the premiere, like how it just felt OT <laughs> when you're watching it. It really felt like you're just stepping into that world again. And this, this clip captured it too. Like what you saw in this three minute clip is what you can expect to see in the 40 minute premiere once in October, once it does premiere, even though we don't know the date yet, hopefully soon. But yeah, I just expect more great stuff like this to happen in those 40 minutes when you see the premiere episodes. Really cool stuff. Yeah. And did you catch the, uh, the little Han and Leia reference in the, in the dialogue there from Empire Strikes Back? Uh, what part? My... What? No, what? Uh, not, yeah, it's not ringing a bell right now. What part? What are you talking about? Well, when, um, I mean, at least this came to my mind the first time I watched it when, um, the a tie fighter like hits the ghost and the shields go out or the the comms go out like Hera's trying to yell at Kanan over the comms and then uh-huh, yeah. she's not getting a response and she tells Chopper you know go back and, and fix the comms and then Kanan says um, you know why are you fixing the comms I don't need to talk to Captain Hera right now like go back and uh, fix the shields <laughs> and it's like when uh, they're in Echo Base at the beginning yeah. of Empire Strikes Back and C three PO tells Han he's like Princess Leia is worried about Master Luke and she's been trying to reach you on the comm link he's like I turned it off I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good callback. I didn't pick that up when I first saw it, but yeah, <laughs> I can definitely see that now. Yeah, I was like, wait, why does this argument over a comm link sound familiar? Yeah, this even this three-minute clip, too, it gets you more excited for a, a new Dom when it comes out, because so far, Kanan and Hera have this funny, fun relationship, and just want to see more of that and kind of where it all started was the new Dom. So this made me more excited for that, too, which is just around the corner in a few more weeks. Yeah, that'll be uh, pretty cool to see. And then we've got a new short little teaser that's narrated by Ezra. Um, And not a whole lot of new footage in here, but we do see him holding Kanan's lightsaber. And um, I mean, I think some of the stuff we've seen recently has really sort of emphasized the relationship that they're going to have where it is going to sort of be a a Jedi master and apprentice relationship, but outside the context of the normal Jedi order um, goings on that we've seen before, obviously in the Clone Wars and stuff, because there is no Jedi Order anymore, and they're sort of on their own and on the run, but they're still going to have that sort of uh, dynamic between the the j- student and the teacher, and uh, learning the ways of the Jedi and all that stuff. So that should be pretty cool. Um, and then there we've got a video from T- Toys R Us Canada of all places on their YouTube <laughs> page, um, and this is just sort of a little video detailing some of the the specs of the ghost and, you know, its capabilities as a ship. Um, the one thing that I thought was pretty interesting in here, but I also picked up on it in the machine in the ghost clip, um, is, I mean, we've seen from some different images and from the Lego sets and all that kind of stuff. We know that the ghost is going to be the main ship, but then there's also this smaller ship called the phantom. Um, and I was assuming maybe this is like a, a separate ship or it's a ship that they stole from the empire or something like that. But, um, turns out we, we see from this video that the Phantom is actually like a small starfighter that can dock on the back of the ghost. Um, and like I said, I picked up on that in the machine in the ghost clip because actually at the end of that short chopper, I, I think Kanan or Hera tells chopper to go tell Kanan to finish off the last tie fighter. And instead chopper just goes into the back of the ship and you can see he's in like a separate cockpit with its own gun thing. And from the front of it, I was like, Oh, I think that looks like that phantom that we've seen. Um, and he just, you know, triggers the cannons on the phantom and blows up the last tie fighter himself. Um, but I don't know, Tim, did you ever watch uh, firefly or serenity? I've only seen the first 
two episodes, and it was a few years ago, like way after it aired. So only once, so I'm not too familiar with it. Because the other thing this made me think of, I mean, in that show, you know, the the main ship is called Serenity, but then there's a character who's like part of the crew, but she lives in her own little um, shuttle that kind of stays docked on the side of the ship, and she can you know take off on the shuttle and go do her own thing. But normally, that ship is like attached to the side of uh, the big ship. And so that was kind of the first thing I thought of when I saw this, that it was like, Oh, it's a little ship that attaches to the bigger ship and it can, you know, sort of be part of it and act like a rear gun turret, or they can detach it and go do their own stuff with it. So that seems pretty cool. I mean, that's not really something that we've seen a lot of in star Wars before, aside from, you know, escape pods and stuff like that. So, um, that should be uh, a pretty cool, new, interesting way to use the, the ships and that kind of stuff here. Yeah. From the little of new footage that they showed of that, of the phantom coming out of the ghost house uh, stuff we didn't see in the premiere episode. So it does look cool when we saw it just detaching and coming out of the ghost and then just going off on its own thing to shoot down some TIE fighters. It should be pretty cool. So yeah, just, the ghost is just going to be a cool ship all around <laughs> the interior. of It's awesome. And then just the design of it and then how the phantom comes out, just a really cool ship. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I mean, more new Star Wars Rebels videos. Uh, we had a, a couple new clips from, and this actually was also on the Canadian Toys R Us YouTube page where um, they posted a couple of clips uh, with Dave Filoni. One of them was just one of the trailers that we had seen before, and it was Dave just kind of giving a little intro to it. Um, but then another one is like a three-minute sort of featurette kind of thing where he's talking about the making of the show and everything. Um, and, you know, I don't think i've actually watched that one yet tim but you, i think you said you did right yeah this one is dave kind of describing the premise of the series but one thing that kind of caught my attention a little bit was kind of we're all expecting to see the, like this is gonna be the first start of the rebellion that goes against the empire this is a small like the first small stage of it but dave actually answered that question and here he goes um is this the actual rebellion that goes against the empire he goes well no but you're seeing like a group like of rebels, like we're focusing on a one, like a small portion of a group of rebels that's going to be the start of it. So it kind of made it like this isn't like the these five characters aren't going to be like the full start of the rebellion. They're just going to play a part of it, and their series is going to be focusing on these five characters. So they are going to play a role, but as far as then, I guess being like the main ones and the, the like the first big like rebellion against the empire, I guess not necessarily that, but they will play a factor into it, which I thought was kind of interesting because. At least for me, anyway. I don't know if I've heard things wrong or just kind of stuff got lost in the shuffle. I always thought that, yeah, these characters are going to be like the start of the rebellion that we come to know in A New Hope. And I think, you see, I think Simon Kimber has even said stuff like that. So I don't know if they're contradicting each other a little bit or certain things, like I said, got lost in translation or whatever. But in this video, anyway, Dave is kind of saying this: they're not going to be like the full start of the rebellion against the Empire. So... That was the one thing in this video that kind of caught me by surprise or got my attention a little bit. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they are going to have a factor in the rebellion, but it's not going to be like the main focus of like the beginnings of it, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of how I figured it would be, especially now that we know because of the Rebels visual guidebook that's out now that uh, we know that Bail Organa is going to appear in the show. Yeah, and still got to get that book. <laughs> you know, I, I'm assuming – well, I, I don't have it either, but we just know from stuff – in the yeah. book that's been you know revealed online, um, but I'm assuming maybe at some point we'll see Mon Mothma or Princess Leia or maybe uh, General Dodonna or somebody like that, um, you know, other influential figures in the start of the Rebel Alliance. And I figured you know we'd have Kanan and Hera and the whole Ghost crew 
um, you know, bump into those people, but probably, um, you know, maybe find that like when they meet Bail Organa, maybe he's already been starting to formulate a plan to, to put together a rebel alliance. And maybe the ghost crew ends up working with those guys. Maybe they become a part of their bigger plan or become a part of the rebel alliance. But um, especially because they've sort of emphasized how the series is mainly going to revolve around Lowfall and that, um, you know, from time to time, they'll journey to other planets and go to other parts of the galaxy and stuff. But it's really focused on these guys trying to kick the empire off their home planet. Um, and these guys aren't going to be like, you know, Luke Skywalker going out and blowing up the Death Star and saving the whole galaxy because that's what happens in the movies. So, um, and I think that'll be cooler to see too, because I think when people watch A New Hope, you know, you don't necessarily see that whole fleet of X-Wings and Y-Wings going towards the Death Star and think, you know, that uh, one rogue Jedi and a 14-year-old kid like started this whole thing. Um, You know, obviously it took a lot more planning and money and resources and, you know, influential people involved to build the whole thing up. So I kind of like that idea of these guys being just a part of it, but sort of carving out their own niche and, you know, telling their own story with the series. So should be pretty cool to see um, where they go with it and, uh, yeah, how much, how much of a part they end up playing with the whole Rebel Alliance. Yeah. I just hope too, that they do, since we're going to be with these characters for a while, like we're going to get invested with them or as the season goes on. I just hope by the end, and we were talking about this a few episodes ago, like how cool it will be where they're involved in like a big like rebellion mission where they were the ones who had to get like the Death Star plants, uh, Princess Leia for on the, uh, for the beginning of A New Hope or how we were talking about the opening crawl says the rebellion won their first big victory against the Empire. If they're involved with that, that'd be pretty cool. So I just hope they have a central role to play in the rebellion against the Empire once it does get bigger and bigger as the season goes on. So... Yeah, yeah I mean, who knows where they're gonna go, but I think it probably will end up eventually going that way since we're gonna invest so much into these characters. We'd like to have them see play a big factor into the war with the Empire. Yeah, I have to think they're gonna play in somehow, and you know, somehow be involved in that first major victory against the Empire that it mentions in the opening crawl of A New Hope. Um, but I mean, more than anything, I just want to eventually get to a point where we see a space battle between some X-wings and some Tie Fighters. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, all, like a lot of X-wings and Tie Fighters, not just like four TIE fighters chasing the ghost. Cause that's pretty cool. But I want to see like another big scale space battle, especially because we didn't get very many of those in clone wars. And the big ones that we did get usually only lasted for like a couple of minutes and weren't really the main focus of the story. But um, yeah, I think that could be really cool to go back to, you know, some good old classic trilogy, you know, X-wing TIE fighter dog fights. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe since Hera is a pilot of the ghost, she could play a role in, like designing the X-Wings or like playing a part in establishing the X-Wings or something, maybe being the first test pilot for them or something like that. Yeah, possibly. Or Y-Wings or B-Wings or whatever else. Um, Possibilities. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just hoping we see some of them come to the screen. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we've got another video that seems to have since been taken down or made private or something like that. But the Disney XD uh, UK YouTube page, uh, posted a video with the full sort of official uh, high-quality recording of the Star Wars Rebels title theme um, that we've heard before. They they released it, like, at WonderCon uh, for the first time back in March or April or whenever that was. But um, that was the first time we heard the whole thing. But this is sort of the first time we've gotten, like, a, a full sort of high-quality recording of it and not just one that somebody, uh, you know, recorded from a convention hall. 
Um, but unfortunately that video has been taken down now, but, uh, I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, you can find a couple other people who've, um, you know, managed to like copy it when it was still up and have uploaded different versions of it. So, um, I mean, and you know, we, we talked about our initial impressions on this back when it first aired, but I mean, I think it sounds pretty cool. I've heard some mixed reactions from some people, but, um, I mean, already just from what I've heard in these couple of clips, I, I like the music and what sort of sounds like is going to be the the main theme i guess the the main like musical cue for the rebels when they're you know doing their action stuff and fighting the empire and all that um i mean there there's sort of like the basic version of it in this official title track that i can kind of see why some people might not like it but i think it's kind of catchy but then i've already heard like different variations of it in the clips and stuff that i i think sounds pretty cool so um yeah just one more thing to look forward to in the show i think the music's gonna be pretty good yeah, definitely. I loved it when I first heard it, and then the continue. I continue to love it too, especially when you see it in context with the episode while you're watching it. It's, it's going to play out fine. I was actually kind of surprised it got some negative reaction too, because to me it just sounded like classic Star Wars and mixed in with some new themes in it too. So uh, I guess it's not going to be for everyone, but I think in the end the music's just going to be something everyone's going to love. <laughs> it's like like you said, the clips that we saw, and then from seeing the episode, it works perfectly. So I don't think you have to worry too much about that, regardless if you don't like the news theme or not. But you'll hear enough classic themes in there to make it feel like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what it seems like so far. Um, and then one other thing, um, we've got a DVD for Star Wars Rebels called Spark of the Rebellion that's already listed on Amazon with a release date of October 14th. Um, now, we still don't have an official release date for the show, although we've heard that it's airing in October, but we don't know an exact date yet. But I'm assuming this DVD is going to be just the first hour-long special. Um, and obviously, if it's releasing on October 14th, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the special is going to air either on the 14th or before then. I don't think they're going to release the DVD you know, the or before the, the show airs on TV because they want to get their ratings up and get people to watch it on TV. But... Um, yeah, and I can't imagine that this would be, you know, more episodes that haven't aired yet. So I'm assuming this is just going to be that one hour long special, um, and that the, that special should be showing, um, probably the first half of October before this DVD comes out. So, um, I guess we'll just, you know, wait and see for, uh, more information on when we do finally get an official release date locked down, but, um, I mean, this should be pretty cool to see. It's it's cool that they're releasing it on DVD, and I don't know if it's on Blu-ray as well or just DVD that they have it listed for so far. But um, I mean, it's it's nice that for for people who want to own that, you won't have to wait very long after the premiere. It's going to be yeah you know, within days or weeks after the episode comes out. This kind of surprised me when I first saw this. Like I said, just being so close to when the premiere is going to be, because we know it's going to be in October, and this is supposed to come out October 14th. So, if anything, that gives us an idea when maybe we can expect the episodes to premiere. You would think it'd be before this, so maybe it'll be a few days before the 14th. But you just don't really see like too often where a TV show premieres and then right afterward you get a DVD release of it. So, like maybe they're going to treat it as a movie type of thing, but even then, it's like still like a few months or weeks or something like that. Just just not right away. That's what kind of had me a little puzzled on this. Maybe the release date will change. I mean, nothing's been officially announced yet, but I don't know. It could be cool. I just hope we eventually get a Blu-ray release because <laughs> if we're going to see the show in HD, you're going to want to own it in HD too on a Blu-ray. So. Oh, definitely. Unless they're going to say that just for the season sets, like Clone Wars, but I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, now, I don't know if I've asked you this already, but with the 
the premiere that you guys got to see at Comic-Con, did it feel like two episodes back to back or did it feel like it was just one like hour long special, um, uh, you know, sort of without any break in the story? No. Yeah. It felt like an hour long special really. Cause when I was watching the Clone Wars movie back in 2008, you can kind of tell, uh, this is where the first episode ends. This is where the second episode ends. You know where the different parts were at. With this one, I couldn't really pinpoint a time where, oh, this is where the first episode would end. Because it just had like a seamless uh, flow throughout the whole uh, 40 minutes of it. It just felt like a movie, yeah. Okay, yeah, because, if, I mean, if they produced this as more of like a, an hour-long special, sort of like a TV movie kind of thing, I could see how they would release that right afterwards. In fact, I think I've maybe even seen a couple other things on tv like that where you know it was a tv movie or something like that that uh, got released pretty shortly after it aired on tv whereas yeah if it were going to be the whole season or something you'd expect that uh you know you'd have to wait like a couple a few weeks or a couple months or something after the season ends before you can get like the whole box set and stuff but yeah i think they're uh just trying to capitalize on the the popularity of star wars and the marketing and everything and just be able to sell this standalone special, um, you know, right away after it airs. Yeah, well, let's see. Hopefully the date remains the same. I just kind of have a feeling, though, this might not be too accurate until we get an official confirmation for it. So we'll just have to wait and see until we do, which you think would be pretty soon as we're just two months away. Yeah, possibly. Well, you know, yeah, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe the DVD doesn't come out till later, but October 14th is the air date of the show, which yeah. in that case, <laughs> I would be fine with that, too. Yeah, they inadvertently announced the premiere day when they should have. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the last um, Star Wars Rebels-related thing we've got is just that uh, we have a link on – this is actually the web, the, the website for the therebelspodcast.com. Um, this is uploaded by the guys over at Star Wars Underworld, uploaded on Facebook, a video of the entire Star Wars Rebels panel from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So if you want to watch that entire panel and just see um, you know all the stuff that they talked about, um, you can go ahead and watch it on there. I know we covered a lot of it on our last podcast, and there have been a lot of you know, different websites that have written up summaries and recaps of it. But if you want to watch the whole hour-long panel, it's out there now, and you can go ahead and watch the whole thing. Yeah, and I think it'd be well worth it, too. It's a great panel. I heard the audio version of it before the video came out, but even then, it's probably still to watch watch it even though after you hear it. It's a great panel. Yeah, I might just have to go do that. But I feel like I've read enough of it that I pretty much got the gist and all the exciting parts and stuff by now anyways. But I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it if I've got an hour to kill. Yeah, you got to hear the enthusiasm of everybody there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I'll just watch some snippets of it or something to see, uh, you know, Vanessa Marshall and Freddie Prinze Jr. and all those guys just geeking out about how much they love Star Wars. (laughs) And hear Dave Filoni try to get out of answering the tough question that he can't reveal. (laughs) Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I want to mention before we wrap up, um, yeah, I've been mentioning this for the past few months that I've been working on my own Star Wars fan film. I am finally done with it. It is released. It is online. It's out there. It's done. Um, Star Wars Dark Heart. It's on YouTube. We've got a link to it on our website, StarWarsTSE.com. Um, and I think, you know, we posted it on our Twitter page as well. But uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, please go check it out. Um, like I said, it's called Star Wars Dark Heart. It's on YouTube. It's, you know, public viewing. You guys can go watch it. Let me know what you think. Um, in fact, I, I should specifically ask on our next 
webs or on our next episode if you know for those of you who like to send us email and stuff if someone wants to write a, a movie review for my movie that would be pretty cool um so you know if you guys want to go ahead and check it out let me know what you think um you know hope you enjoy it i've heard a lot of positive feedback so far and had a lot of fun making it and uh, it's taken me like two years to make this thing now and i'm finally done with it so i'm pretty proud of it hope you guys enjoy it so it's out there go ahead and check it out if you're interested and uh yeah, there we go. Yeah, and the next thing you gotta do is enter it into the Star Wars Fan Film Awards. That just got announced that it's coming back. Yep, and that is definitely something I'm planning on. Yeah, um, yeah they announced. In fact, I don't know how we missed that in the you know the news stuff, but um, yeah, there used to be a, an official Star Wars Fan Film Awards every year at San Diego Comic Con. Um, and they stopped doing that a few years ago, and so, you know, it hasn't been going on for the past few years, but they just announced that they're bringing it back next year at Celebration Anaheim, and I'm like, hey, I just finished a fan film. It was good enough to get submitted into a film festival for one convention already when I showed it at Phoenix Comic Con over the summer, so, yeah, I, I definitely plan to uh, enter that for the film festival at C Anaheim at... See, I'm getting tired. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely plan to enter that into this Fan Film Awards competition at Celebration Anaheim as soon as they release more information about it. Because so far, all they've said is that they're bringing the competition back, but they haven't said uh, you know, how or when you can sign up or enter your films or anything like that. So as soon as I hear more information about that, I will be putting my name in the hat. Another cool thing about that, though, on the official Star Wars website where they have the post for the Fan Film Awards, the image they use for it is from the Star Wars Rebels premiere that we went to. If you look closely a few rows back, you can see me there. So I can finally say I'm on an official image on the StarWars.com homepage. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. Tim's on StarWars.com. It'll be like a where wall, Where's Waldo thing trying to find me. <laughs> I'm the one with the long neck stretching out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that just made me think of? Um, have you seen the first Star Wars Robot Chicken special? Yeah. And there's that sketch in there where there's like the nerdy guy at the convention and he ends oh, up yeah. sharing an elevator with George Lucas. Yeah. And he's in a Tauntaun <laughs> costume and then like a bunch of rabid fans come running after George. <laughs> and so the guy has George Lucas hop on his back in the Tauntaun costume and, you know, goes running off down the hall and like delivers him to the panel that he's yeah. supposed to be at. And then it fasts forward to like him as an old man and he's sitting there with a little girl and he's like, and that was the best moment of my entire life. And she's like, what about when I was born? Not even close. <laughs> That'll be Tim with his grandkids talking about being on the front page of StarWars.com. Yeah, I have this image printed out. I'm going to get it framed. <laughs> <laughs> and then my grandkids will go, I can't even see you. Where are you? <laughs> are you the one in the Hera costume? <laughs> oh, man. But yes, I could, I could claim that now. <laughs> yeah, there you can you have go. your little film, Kyle, but... I'm all the way in the background on the StarWars.com homepage. <laughs> oh, yeah. I finished a whole movie, but that's nothing compared to Tim being in the background of an image on StarWars.com. Oh, man. <laughs> well done, Tim. Try not to be too jealous. <laughs> the power to make a movie is insignificant next to the power to be in the background of a picture on the website of The Force. <laughs> Don't try to scare me with your sorceress movie way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, well, if you guys can tell, this is just about the part where we wrap up the episode. Um, so thank you all for listening to our news and rumors and crazy ramblings. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Um, as I mentioned before, our website is starwarstsc.com. And our email address is starwarstsc at gmail.com. So you can uh, find us on any of those places if you want to send us questions, comments, feedback about the show, movie reviews for Star Wars Dark Heart, any of that kind of stuff. Um, We love hearing from you guys. And uh, actually for our next episode, we'll probably record another you know, standalone episode of our podcast in a couple of weeks or something when we've got some more Star Wars news to talk about. But also, uh, Matt and Mike over at Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast are getting ready to do their final episode of uh, the Clone Wars podcast before they move on to, you know, just doing Rebels stuff. Um, they've been doing all episodes all summer talking about the Lost Missions and, uh, you know, reviewing those episodes. Um, and for their last episode next Monday, August 18th, uh, they're going to be doing a live Google Hangout with uh, me and Tim included on that. So we'll be over there with those guys talking Clone Wars, and I'm sure we'll probably get to talking a little bit about Rebels and Episode 7 and all that other kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll probably have that video uploaded on YouTube or something like that afterwards for you guys to go check it out. But, um, I'm not sure the exact time yet, but if you want to be there live and hear us talking about all this stuff, and I think, see, I'm not exactly sure how these Google Hangouts even work. I mean, even though we've done one before, but I think if you're watching live, you can send us comments and stuff and questions and all that as we're, um, you know, as, as you're watching us, they're, uh, live on the chat. So, um, if you want to be a part of that and, uh, you know, get to ask us questions or send in your comments or anything like that while we're recording the thing, um, that'll be sometime on Monday evening. And like I said, that's next Monday, the 18th of August. Um, and of course we'll post more details on our Facebook and Twitter and everything once we've got an actual time locked down. Um, so that'll be the next time that we're recording a Star Wars podcast. And then, of course, uh, like I said, we'll have another episode of our show after that sometime when we've got more exciting Episode 7 news to talk about. So until then, thank you guys for listening. May the Force be with you, and we will see you next time. See you next time, everybody. 